Hello and welcome to our first episode of BizBytes. And it's an opportunity for me to share my networks with you to get to the stories behind the stories of businesses as I meet them along the way. And I really wanted to start my first ever episode with someone I've been talking to for a little while now, and we're planning some exciting things into the into the future, but we'll get to that in due course. Karen, welcome. And uh, I guess start by saying, please introduce yourself to our audience. Thank you, Anthony. So great to be here. I'm Karen Chaston, the co-founder of the Chaston Centre, and we love to help people to move beyond any kind of loss and create their better everyday lives. But as a former CFO of a publicly listed company, we also love to help you to make your disengaged employees one of your best or get them to leave. And believe me, when they work with the Chaston Centre, they will do either. And isn't that a win-win for everyone? Absolutely it is. And I think the reason that um, I wanted to start with you, Karen, as the first in this um, new podcast venture that I'm on is because it's more or less how the idea came to me for the podcast was that we had such a great initial meeting back, well, it's probably about a year ago now, And uh, we really delved into each other's stories and found that there was so much there that we're planning things into the future um, together. But I wanted to, I guess, get a little bit of a repeat of that and share a little bit about your journey because you getting to where the Chasing Centre is today, that's not where you, certainly not where you started and certainly not what the bulk of your career was about. So, so take me back to where where the career began in the first place and, you know, coming out of university and what you're, in, you know, wanting to be and where that all started. Well, actually, Anthony, I didn't go to university until I was 38, believe it or not, which is a journey within itself. And because I was 38, I could go straight into a master's program. I went to Bond University on the Gold Coast And I created my master's in two and a quarter years because they have three semesters. And the the degree that I did, the master's I did, was a master's in accounting. And you're probably going, oh, how on earth can she, like, be doing what she's doing now when she was an accountant and a CPA? But that journey was so necessary for me to be able to see the insights in why I am so passionate about assisting people to really live and love their life and to love their career. So I did become a CFO of a publicly listed company very quickly after I finished my degree because I had had 20 years experience of working in the workforce, which really assisted me in not only doing my uni degree, but also through quickly rising that corporate ladder, which is good considering I was in my early 40s by the time I left Bond Uni and completed my CPA. So I loved my role and I was so good at it until the 10th of July, 2011. When my husband and I woke, it was a Sunday morning, thinking we were going to have a lazy day at home. But within moments, we were both running out the back door, looking at our 27-year-old son lying there in the fetal position. We thought that he was just unconscious, but unfortunately, the paramedics arrived very, very quickly and they just literally walked up to him and walked straight back and looked at me and just said those words, 
that no parent ever wants to hear. I'm sorry, madam, he is dead and probably has been for several hours. Huge shock for everyone. We thought a healthy 27-year-old had gone out the night before and what had occurred, which I found out a, a long time later, was he came home. Yes, he had drunk way too much, but he fell over trying to pick up his key and everything shook up, but it was his lungs that failed him. And it was a huge shock for all of us. But being in the phase that many, many people are, which I now call a lack of loss intelligence, I just did what most people tend to do, keep busy, give it time, and everything will be all right. But of course, it's never going to be all right. You, Whatever loss comes to you, and there are over 40 different loss events, you're never going to be the same person. You can't be the same person. You know, in this case, I had that empty chair at the table forever and Dan was greatly missed. But I just went straight back to working to my CFO role, working more, eating more and drinking more until 15 months later when the company I was working for was merging with another. And during that merger process, the owner said to me, you're not going to be CFO in the new company, Karen, but you're going to be doing everything you're doing now plus more. We love you. We really want you to come with us. And initially I said, yeah, sure, until I got my contract. And they gave me the greatest gift you could ever give anyone. It took me 48 hours to realise it was a gift, but in itself it was a gift. And what it was was the contract stated my salary, which was two-thirds of what my current salary was at that time. And I was peeved and I initially went, I can't do this job part-time. And they went, you know, it's a full-time job. We've never really liked your sense of humour, which was the greatest gift they could say to me because I thought, well, why am I here? They don't even get me. They don't even understand me. And, yes, I was being very sarcastic at that time, but I just knew that I was about to do something completely different. I knew that those quick successions of loss, you know, Dan passing, me losing myself even more than what I had lost myself. And lack of, a loss of identity is the number one loss event that all of us will experience in some form throughout our life. And then, you know, losing my much-loved job, that put me on the path to becoming a life coach and then eventually specialising in loss, which is it so huge because with over 40 different loss events, we are all going to have multiple losses throughout our lives. And most of us have no idea how to successfully move beyond loss. Yeah, it's, I look at, first of all, it's such a powerful story. And even though, um, you, you know, I've heard it before. Uh, it still gets me every time, and and can't possibly imagine what what those moments were like. Um, and you know, you've very quickly taken us on a journey from in terms of the career to where you've where you've got to. And and I guess I wanted to focus a little bit on on that because you talk about different kinds of loss, and I think. Um, it's important for, for the audience to understand that when you're talking about different kinds of loss, it's not necessarily about people. Um, you know, it's not just we, we think we experience loss all the time in our lives. 
Um, and, um, and, you know, yes, there are the, the realities of losing someone close to you. And, and uh, unfortunately, that happens to all of us at, at some point in time. But um, there are lots of other things like losing your job, um, you know, or losing a business, um, you know, are just two, two of those examples. And, um, but, but even though they're not directly people, they are people centric, aren't they? That's yeah. where the common they, common yeah. thread is. They sure there there is you know like the the major ones are loss of a loved one, a divorce, your job loss, your health, your wealth, um, you know, and even your pets. You know, and pets are such a huge part of so many people's lives, and your pets are probably one of the very few unconditional love relationships you will have in your life. So it's huge um, to lose something so close. And no matter what the loss is, it's really important for everyone to realise that there is no hierarchy in loss, okay? So my death of my child does not trump, you know, a death of your mother or your, you know, your pet or anything like that because it's a loss of a relationship, okay? And it could be a person, place or thing. And it's important for us to all to understand that loss is loss and everyone will deal, deal with it differently. But it doesn't mean that it means less to someone because of the way that they are dealing with it. My husband and I, on the day that Dan passed, were completely different in our reactions. He wanted to sit on the couch and he wanted to sit there for hours, whereas I was like, no, no, no. I need to get, you know, my other children around me. I need to let people know. And he was like, but why? And it was like, no, it was important. We lived in Sydney then and our two other boys lived on the Gold Coast. So it was important to get us all together so we could be together. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's amazing how we forget until we get to an extreme moment how important the people around us yeah. Are. And it's important that we surround ourselves with the right people because um, that's so important. Life is too short yeah. to surround yourself with people you don't enjoy being with. And, um, you know, I, I know that and we've spoken about it before in, in different ways that, that I often talk to businesses about um, having more of, the, more of the clients they love around them and more of the staff that they love around them. And often that comes back down to two things. I mean, one is value alignment. Um, so you've got the right people around you, but two is also perspective. Um, because often when you change your perspective, you can change the way you think and feel around the people around you. And it's often takes those extreme moments for you to come to that realization. And the point is, is, you don't have to wait for those extreme moments, do you? I mean, that's what you've you've learned how to deal with it through your your period. And I love the fact that you've utilized something so tragic and terrible in your life to create something so amazing for other people. Yeah, thank you. And it was like I've always had a spiritual belief, right? I, I know Dan's around me. He's always been around him. I even say a lot of the time I spend more time with him than I do with his siblings. And Though what is really I have found so important is that most people do not know what to do. Most people do not know what to say. 
they have this very limited view on what is ideal for other people. And it was through, you know, people saying and doing the things that were not ideal, thinking they were doing the right thing. I'm not saying anything against them. But what I have found is if you don't know what to do or say, no matter what loss that comes into anyone's life or even into your own, the best advice I can give you is to actually walk up to that person and say, I have no idea what you're going through. I'm at a loss on what to do, but I want to be here for you. And I don't want to put any more pressure on you by telling you to tell me what is the best thing to do for you, but I'm here. I'm here to listen, whether it's like this week or in a month's time, because people are all around you initially. And then they all go and start living their life, which is the right thing to do. But you find yourself in isolation and you find yourself there. And that's when you require just someone to listen. You don't need someone there to fix you or to help you or you just someone to listen. And what I found is most people get really uncomfortable around you because, oh, well, you're grieving and I don't know if I should mention his name and believe me, I've met people who had lost their child 20 years ago and they couldn't even mention their names. I talk about Dan all the time and that makes people uncomfortable as well. But it's whatever is best for that person is the best way forward. And if you're uncomfortable around it, then don't be around that person. But just take note of it. You know, I had so many people say the wrong things at Dan's funeral. I had one person say to me, thinking they were saying the right thing, they actually said, well, it's really good you have other children, isn't it? And I'm like, really? You know, and it, and they thought they were saying the right thing. And it's just because they're uncomfortable. And that's why I'm saying don't say anything that pops into your head. Just say I have no idea what to say. And people will go, yeah, you're right. You know, unless you have lived experience, there is no way you could know what to say. I think the important lesson there is is actually listening as well. And and um, it's funny that, that we're, we're releasing this episode uh, on a day that's the 12th anniversary of Come Together, but it also would have been my grandfather's birthday. And my grandfather was um, uh, someone who I was probably closest to when I was younger. He, he passed away many years ago, and I was actually at university when he passed away. And I remember um, having heard the news and having to wait to get back to, I was I was based out in Bathurst and I had to get back to Sydney and there was a period before the train would come and I remember walking kind of aimlessly around and past someone and they asked me the question that we all get asked all the time. Hi, how are you? And most people, it's an automatic response. I'm good. How are you? And you don't listen to the response. You just keep going. And at that moment, I actually said to them, I'm not doing very well. And uh, and and it was kind of this stunned silence because they didn't know how to respond. They heard me, but they were like, "What? what the hell do I say in this scenario? Um, and it certainly taught me a lot. I always remembered remembered that, and they did take the time to spend some time with me, which was which was uh, which was really nice. Um, but but I, but I guess I wanted to um, move forward a little bit in terms of saying, how do we use that? I mean, the power that you've created out of all of those moments and those learnings 
to create something so powerful with what you do in business. And part of the reason why we've joined forces because um, there's a there's a lot of similarity in the way we work. So so talk to me about um, the power that this unleashes for businesses because most people are not experienced loss, fortunately, on an everyday basis. Yeah. So what happened was as I went along my journey, my business entrepreneur journey, I created my Beyond Loss programs and it's the complete opposite to the way that I processed my loss events. Thankfully, it was a more loving way and I utilised my CFO brain in creating them because they're like, got to be a better way, got to be a better way. And, you know, through insights and everything, I created it. So the more I started working with people and working through their losses, and coming so that they can live that everyday loving life that we all dream to live, I started to go, imagine if I understood people the way I understood profits in my corporate life. Like how different would have the environment be? How different would have I been? What sort of different leader would I have been? And also the team, like would I have embraced them in in a more loving way, in a more empathetic way and I knew that the answer was yes and that's when I started to really deep dive into how can I bring like how can I extend a beyond loss program so it's not perceived as a let's all get your staff on the couch type scenario it was more about how can we bring it into the workplace and if you look at any Gallup stats you know over the past 22 years you can clearly see that there's anywhere between 15% and 25% of people that are engaged in the workplace. So yes. that means, you know, anything from 60, you know, from 85% that are disengaged and a lot of that percentage is actively disengaged. So how do we engage these people? And that's where I created the People and Profits Connection. And it was purely designed to work with your worst employee so that I can assist them to become either one of your best or get them to leave, which is a win-win for everyone, especially when you, if, if you're a leader who is trying to manage a disengaged employee out of the company, we all know that takes a long time. So that's when I this People and Profits Connection program really does help people to deep dive into who they are. Because mm -hmm. when you know who you are, and you know where you're going, there is no way that you can have your any part of your wellness well. And in the Chase to Model Centre, we have nine areas of life, which we bring into four pillars. So if you think professionally, right, which is 11% of nine, that's one area of life, if you are disengaged, there is no way that you can allow 89% of yourself to be in that survival mode because you are in a work environment that is not serving them. And that's what I love about it more than anything else is I can guarantee that when they go through this program, they will either become one of your best or they will leave. And that in itself is just an amazing place to be in the world that we live in today because employees, you, can, you, you know, you can look at the scenario I either can't get employees or I can't get the right employees. And that's where it is. And employees are looking for that employee experience. And that's where it's such a beautiful place is when your leaders understand 
how the people and their profits are connected and value their employees as their greatest asset, everything changes. Everything changes. I know we can we can talk for hours about all of this stuff and, and we and we will. And I think I should I, I want to point out here we, we'll put some details um below uh the, about getting in touch with uh, with you and with, with us and and to say that we are launching uh, an event later this year that will be a two-day event uh, that Karen and I will be running jointly to focus on people, getting the most out of people, both your staff and also your external audiences. And so I'm really looking forward to working with you on on, on that, Karen, in the in the coming months. And, and um, so if people want to know more, we'll release the dates and information about where to sign up soon, but just send us a message and we'll we'll happily fill you in. But I wanted to finish up by asking you a question that, uh, in different ways, I'm going to direct to all of our guests on on the podcast in the coming while. Um, if there was one thing that your current clients would say that uh, is kind of their yippee moment about we're so glad we did this, but you wish that other people knew about, what would that be? What's the one thing that people should know about that when they start to work with you, they do find? Well, I've been working with a lot of men lately. And they are, we are different to women because women do do that deep dive, whereas men, not so much. They don't talk about it. They carry so much inside of them. And all of them have said, this is really confronting. This is really hard. It's taken me longer than I thought it would, but it's so rewarding. I have never felt so good about me and my life. And isn't that what everyone wants? Isn't oh. everyone just want to feel amazing about their life? Um, and I really love it, you know, as the as a mother of three sons, and I do have a daughter as well, but as a mother of three sons, and, yes, one is in spirit, it's, it's just such an honour to be able to help men. It's an honour to help everyone, but I just love men. You know, you look at the suicide rate. I, I had someone reach out to me earlier this year who who knew Dan and actually said, I've been directed to work with you. And I'm going, okay, who's, who told you that? And he says, I'm not really sure. It's this voice that just keeps coming into my head that says, work with mum, work with mum, work with mum. And he, and he just said, I just knew it was Dan and I don't even believe in any of that stuff, but it just kept coming to me. And he, and he, he was the first guy that I really did work with one-to-one. And it was, I learned as much as what he did through working with him. And I'm so grateful that not only does my son send me clients, but also the fact that I actually have a program that helps men and women to find their true authentic self. Um, And yeah, I'm just so honoured that I had to go through so much crap in order to be able to say, you know, through lived experience, I have found that better way. I think we all have a purpose and sometimes it doesn't reveal itself until much later. Uh, and I think it's such a powerful idea of, of of your journey and where you've gone to. And I'm really excited, as I said, to be working with you um, because the bringing out that really does help bring out so much more in your business and then starting to direct who are the people that you want to deal with and how are you going to work with them? 
And uh, when we get on top of all of those things, we have a much better business than than we did otherwise. And, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be an exciting journey. And, and thank you so much for being the first guest on the, on the BizBytes program. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back in the future. But uh, everyone stay tuned to, uh, to LinkedIn particularly because Karen and I will be posting regularly together. And uh, of course, stay tuned for another episode of, of BizBytes coming up very soon. Thank you, Anthony. And I'm so excited to be working with you as well because we both learn and grow through being together.